The end of a life is a sad occasion, but listen as our friend Randy with Stokes, Proc, and Munt and the Cremation Society tells us about how the end-of-life services they facilitate serve a role they do not take lightly. But as we celebrate a person's life and even tell funny stories about them, that's a very healing thing. I mean, if you can take a family that's crying, sobbing, and and get them laughing about the person that died. That's very healing. That's a very important thing, you know. I mean, we take our work very, very seriously. Randy and the folks at Stokes, Proc, and Munt, along with the Cremation Society, are available to answer any of your questions, including pre-planning your arrangements. Check them out online and on social media. Hello everyone, Talk of the Town is up and running in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, USA. I'm Scott Montesano, and as always, this is where the Chippewa Valley comes to talk. Another day is upon us. It is Halloween weekend. Yes, it is Halloween weekend, and thus ends what has been, what, a four or five year period where Halloween has fallen on the weekend or the periphery of the weekend, Thursdays and Fridays and then Saturdays and Sunday. Halloween weekend is upon us. We'll talk about Halloween here in just a moment. Uh, we're going to touch on uh, uh, the case of Michael Schillen, uh, accused of fraud. We'll, we'll touch on that a little bit. Uh, downtown Eau Claire, there's a, kind of a fun contest going on. We've got to talk about that. And... Uh, is anybody up for some golf in Chippewa Falls? We'll talk about all of that. Uh, while we have a moment, I want to tell you about some great shows. If you're tuning in and you love to hear the passion out of my voice, you got to follow a lot of our other great shows. Uh, one Banker with a Beer, brand new, dropped again today. It drops every Thursday. Uh, this week's episode, Michael Perry, a longtime Local staple, Michael Perry. You want to hear that conversation? It was extremely popular last year. We brought him back again. Uh, check it out. Michael Perry on Banker with a Beer, presented by Northwestern Bank. Uh, so give yourself some time and listen to that conversation. Uh, it is eye-opening. It is fun. It is an easy listen, which shouldn't surprise you because Michael Perry is a pro at this sort of thing, uh, but a conversation with Michael Perry on Banker with a Beer, presented by Northwestern Bank, and again, was so excited to get uh, Michael Perry back on with uh, Banker with a Beer these last uh, couple of days. So check that out, Banker with a Beer, presented by Northwestern Bank. Uh, also, and I've already had a couple of people reach out, we, we, we put this out there yesterday on our Facebook page. And it's uh, one of those things that always exists, but occasionally any business will put something out there on Facebook because we have people reach out to us all the time. But I put it out there on Facebook and we had a few more people reach out yesterday. Are you interested in starting your own show? If you're interested in starting your own show, reach out to us. We'd love to help you get it started, help you market it, get you the equipment, the space. We do everything soup the nuts that you may need. You don't have to use us for everything. You can use us for just a little bit of the stuff. But if you're thinking of getting a podcast together, uh, don't hesitate to uh, reach out to us 
and we'd love to help you. And we've got a number of people who have been reaching out to us in the last uh, 24 hours. We want to talk to you if you want to start a podcast. Uh, was just reading something nationally on a national a national magazine. Yeah, that one right over there. Uh, about how radio is, it's not dying, but it's dying. Radio. And it's kind of sad, and there's a lot of reasons for it. One of the main reasons why radio is dying is it's losing its localness. It doesn't have its localness. And a lot of people have turned to podcasts. People like podcasts. But this person was noting how there's a lot of openings in podcasts, and there, there, there's marketing opportunities and all that. But he lamented that podcasting isn't local. And I wanted to pound my fist on the table, let him know here in Eau Claire, it very much is local. We are at the start of something, folks. We really are. Podcasting is not very local right now in the overall genre. That's going to change in a little while. Get on it now. So if you're interested in starting your own show, uh, doesn't matter what you want to talk about as long as there's some bit of a tie-in locally. Some bit of a tie-in. It could be a niche podcast where you talk about one specific thing. Or you can be a little broader. Whatever you want. Reach out to us. Uh, Mark on Unleashed. You got to check that out. I know we got a lot of... Uh, how do I put this? We, we've got a lot of listeners who maybe have a, a bit of a conservative lean to their politics. You want to check out Mark on Unleashed with Dan Mark on. It's a great show, by the way. He's got well-thought-out opinions. You you may agree with him. You may disagree with him. But he puts together a good show. He's not. He doesn't ramble. Now, the, the language at times is not necessarily safe for work. NSFW, as they like to say. Uh, so make sure you got headphones on for that. And kind of the other end of the spectrum, not necessarily because it's not a political show, but uh, real true talk with the fine ladies with uh, True Living, one of the local real estate groups in town. You want to check that out. It's not about real estate necessarily. It's about empowering. And both men and women can listen to this. They have great guests on. So check that out on our website, uh, Real True Talk. Mention that it's Halloween weekend. Can't wait. Going to get the kids out trick-or-treating on Sunday night. I don't know how many more years we have left. We've got a 10-year-old and an 8-year-old. Now, I, now I, I, I haven't been a big Halloween guy ever. Outside of when I was a little kid and I love the trick-or-treat. Then once I stopped trick-or-treating when I was 12, I've, I, I really haven't put any effort into any costumes since then. I'm not into Halloween parties. I, I have nothing against Halloween. I just don't get worked up about Halloween. I like the Charlie Brown Halloween special. I like scary movies. But I... I I don't think, for as clever as I can be with the spoken and the written word, I don't have creativity for dressing up. So if I can't go all in, I don't want to just, you know, paint a mustache on or something. And considering the fact that I've had a shaved head for 15 years, I just have to throw a wig on and, and there you go, I've dressed up. But 
we've got kids, my wife and I, and I don't know how many more years we've got left. Now, kids now, and this is a good thing, tend to be their age. When, when I was growing up in the 90s and before that, 12-year-olds were going on 18. Now, when I'm around schools and all of that, 12-year-olds act younger and 10-year-olds act younger. And that's a good thing. Hold on to your youth because all of us adults try to get it back. <laughs> uh, so I don't, you know, back when I was growing up, you, once you turn 12, you stop trick-or-treating. I think right now 13, 14 maybe, but it, it, it beguiles the point. We don't have forever with this. So excited to take the kids out trick-or-treating on Sunday. Our daughter's a police officer. Our son is dressed up as a head-to-toe bear. I was, I'll be greatly disappointed if the streets in Eau Claire aren't overrun with kids and families on Sunday evening. The Packers are playing on Thursday night. The Vikings play Sunday night after trick-or-treating. The weather's going to be okay. I'd be surprised if they're not overrun. When you look back to last year, there should be a built-up demand. Remember, I was surprised last year that there was not more people out trick-or-treating. That was a head-scratcher to me. It was a Saturday night, and you'd heard the talk, and people said, you know, there a lot of events were postponed and, and well, canceled because they weren't necessarily delayed. They were canceled. And a lot of people did not go out for trick-or-treating. We walked around the neighborhood, and it, you almost felt guilty being out. There was a few people walking. There were a few houses that were ready to serve you, but not a lot of houses were even ready to serve you. I was surprised last year. Because I thought, because you'd heard all these people, and a lot of you, who go, oh, I'm not listening to authority and blah, 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 and recommendations and all of that. If I recall, I think the city of Eau Claire, I, 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 like they, 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 they didn't officially, you can't cancel trick-or-treating. You can't cancel. It's one of those things why I find it funny when they say the official trick-or-treat times. You can't cancel trick-or-treating. If somebody wanted to just walk around today knocking on doors, asking for candy, assuming it's a kid, it's not illegal. You don't have to give them candy, but regardless. But, you know, last year people didn't do it. So I'm thinking this year there's going to be built-up demand. And Sundays, <clears throat> I don't know about all of you, Sundays, you would think Saturdays or Fridays would be better for trick-or-treating. I think Sundays are, for whatever reason. I think Sundays are. Even though there's school the next day, there's something about Sundays when it's Halloween. I actually think maybe it works out better for families, too, because when you've got the Fridays or the Saturdays, parents sometimes have more activities going on. Sunday night, not, not, not the case. Speaking of walking around, downtown Eau Claire, you know, you know the, all the walking trails around downtown Eau Claire. Downtown Eau Claire, downtown Eau Claire Incorporated, the, the, the group that helps market downtown Eau Claire has announced the top five names for the downtown loop. You and I have walked that loop dozens of times, if not many, many more than that. It's one of those things you didn't think you knew you needed until somebody told you you needed it. They need a name for that loop. 
not just walking around downtown Eau Claire. And all right, that's fine. You want to have a clever name, a clever marketing thing. That's fine. I didn't even know that this was going on. But apparently they solicited suggestions. And maybe it did, and I just didn't pay attention to it. But they received more than 300 suggestions as to what to call the the walking trail, the walking loop around downtown Eau Claire. You know, you, you walk over the old railroad bridge. You're walking around uh, right down along the river, that whole thing, Brown Phoenix Park. The top five names they selected, Bridgelight Mile, Confluence Loop, Confluence Mile, Eau Claire River Walk, and Three Bridges River Trail. All right. That's fine. We don't know the, the things they didn't take. But that's fine. Bridgelight Mile, Confluence Loop, Confluence Mile, Eau Claire River Walk, and Three Bridges River Trail. I guess I don't have a favorite But two names I wouldn't like would be the Three Bridges River Trail and the Bridge Light Mile. They sound too generic. Whether it's Confluence Loop or Confluence Mile, you're talking about the Confluence, and that's the Confluence right there. Still one of the things that I'm not bitter over. It's a little too strong, but... I wish that the Confluence Center had been able to maintain Confluence in its name as opposed to the Pablo Center. That's a whole other thing where, hey, you sold naming rights. We all know these venues get naming rights and it's such and such bank or such and such grocery store, center, arena, stadium, that sort of thing. And that's what is with Pablo for that. But I kind of wish Confluence had been able to stay in the name because it's kind of unique to this area where you have two rivers meeting and the term confluence has become part of the everyday lexicon in this area. There's other communities where two rivers meet, but nobody ever uses the term confluence. So I like that. So I I, I hope it's either confluence loop or confluence mile or Eau Claire river walk. I'd be okay with Eau Claire river walk as well. The other two are too generic. You can play, you can plop those names in any community. You can't do that with the other three. Voting opens up on Monday at the Downtown Eau Claire Incorporated page. Help us out. Make sure, if nothing else, that those other two names don't get picked. This story keeps popping up. We keep getting some updates to it. I think we all know how it's going to end at this point. Michael Schillen, former wealth advisor, had an office in Altoona. Uh, was in the same building as ZA 51. Had a big sign out there. It was one of the first businesses inside River Prairie. And he's had all these charges, state-level charges, local charges. Uh, now indicted on federal fraud charges. That was expected. Indicted on federal fraud charges. The story remains. He He's accused of defrauding clients, stealing their money. That's basically what it is. Told clients that they had uh, the one story I remember from two, three weeks ago when there was the latest update was he told clients, hey, 
you've got money in SpaceX and SpaceX's stock has gone up, 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 up. You're a millionaire. And a person says, hey, they heard that news and they went, all right. They went to their boss the next day and said, take this job and shove it. I'm retiring early. Then they come to find out shortly thereafter that they didn't have any SpaceX stock. They didn't have any. Uh, that, that, that It doesn't exist, SpaceX stock. They didn't have the million dollars that Michael Schillen was telling them that they had. And they had to go crawl back and try to get their job back. We actually never heard in the story whether they actually got their job back. But that is the story. I've said this before. I'll say it again. Because why hide around it? I had a chance to talk to Michael Schillen. He was a guest on one of our podcasts about two years ago. And was a fun interview. was a fun interview. Chatted with him. He had all the answers, all this sort of thing. And it goes back to what I said since this story broke. It's people like that. When you hear about white-collar crime and all of that, yeah, they didn't kill anybody. They didn't do any physical direct harm to somebody. But they're as evil as anybody else out there if truly guilty of what he is accused of here because they manipulate the trust of people. We as a society, we as a species, and rightfully so, and we should never lose this, trust other people. If you're not a big financial person, and somebody like a Michael Schoen who's confident and not arrogant, but confident, and they wear the suit and they look the part and all that, and they're talking to you and you go, all right, I'm going to trust you to make my investments. You have a trust into this person. And they manipulate that trust. That's, that's, that's a pretty cold thing to do. And if he is guilty, he knew exactly what he was doing. And I always say, if he's guilty, because he's not guilty yet, but you know, it's all stacking up. But I'm, you know, it's all stacking up, and it seems like we know how this is going to go. But it's not like he's been found guilty yet, and we really haven't heard his side of the story yet. I'd love to see, <laughs> love to hear how he tries to explain his way out of this. Maybe there is a very good explanation. But it, there, 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 there's a dirtiness to people that know what they're doing and steal money from people. Speaking of money, this is not stealing. Bang straight to the imagination. I told you earlier this week, Oakhurst City Council was getting together, likely no bombshells out of it. City Council has extended the virtual meeting policy through the middle of January. They can't extend it anymore. If they could extend it to the end of the winter, I think they would. Uh, they made a couple other things there. Pablo Group can use uh, some spaces in the, the parking garage for electric vehicles. That's fine. All that. The Sonnentag Center came up, and a big story about basically nothing, and that's a good thing. Uh, the city fine-tuning its agreement for the Sonnentag Center. Nothing earth-shattering. If anything, the story provided an outlet because it ended up on social media, on EAU and QOW's pages on Facebook. If anything, it was, it was an excuse for some people to misdirectly 
uh, will, will misdirect their anger at something. <laughs> you know, people commenting about, ah, wasted taxpayer dollars. All I'm not going to get into that. Uh, but the city uh, agrees to, uh, again, the, the financial commitment necessary uh, infrastructure work around the Sonnentag Center, which is going to be necessary. Helping to widen roads, sidewalks, turning the crosswalk into an underpass. Those aren't going to be cheap, but they're going to be doing that. And maybe one little bit of news that came out of it, something that's been assumed, but we hadn't heard many details. Uh, the Pablo Properties is working with the university and the foundation to develop a hotel next to the Sonnentag Center. That's always been part of this, not directly the Sonnentag Center, but the, the idea of there being development. A $25 million hotel. That is not an inexpensive hotel. They want to put a $25 million hotel. So this, this is not going to be uh, the, the, the sleep well in next to the Sonnentag Center. Now, is this going to be the Ritz-Carlton either? No, but it's going to be a, they, they, they want to build a nice structure. That's good. That's good. And a structure like that probably would have uh, eatery inside of it. Uh, you might get some other development startup. Development, and you'll hear me talk about this more. If we're still doing this show in two, three years, you'll hear me talk about it more when we get there. Development around venues, like sporting venues, usually takes two to three years, if not up to five years, before you really see the development kick in. One, you, 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 there are some differences with where the Sonatag Center is going. You already have that one little strip mall. Perhaps the developer of that strip mall already has. Nobody's, I haven't heard anything out of that group that owns that uh, little strip mall there. It's got the, the pawn shop and whatnot. Perhaps an opportunity for the people there to, if not completely rebuild their location or sell that plot of land to somebody else, they're probably going to up their rent, though inside of there and you may get a different type of business inside of there or maybe not maybe not you know there's no there's there, there's no illegitimate businesses that are in there to begin with but you're gonna see more developers want to get restaurants and bars and stuff like that into that area but it takes some time speaking of sports uh Two disc golf courses are set to open in Chippewa Falls this spring. I was surprised. I remember this about a year or so ago. I, I saw people walking around South Middle School, around where the Montesano Mansion is, and they were playing disc golf. And I looked in it, you know, it was, and I'm like, holy Christmas, there, there's disc golf holes, the, the metal things with the, the look like metal hoops. Like, where were these things sprung up overnight? It's like they came out of the ground overnight. And I'm like, there, there's one, there's two, there's three. There, there's an actual disc golf course that's right around Fairfax Park and using some of the property of South Middle School. And it's very popular. And, and people walk around with little backpacks and they've got all these Frisbees, ones they throw long distance, ones they use for the shorter distance like putts. Disc golf was one of those things that seemed to 
have a great deal of growth going on maybe in the 90s. Then you kind of forgot about it. And it's not that the sport disappeared or hit a peak. It's that it was no longer the new thing. But it's very popular is disc golf. It has always remained very popular. And up in Chippewa Falls, they have a small course. Now they're going to add two disc golf courses at Casper Park. Parks director John Jimenez says the two disc golf courses they have designed and hope to open in the spring uh, were designed by this gentleman, and I'm not sure who he is, but Kale LaVisca, Kale LaVisca. And I may not know who he is. You may, though. He's a pro disc golfer, actually ranked 15th in the world. And he's designed courses throughout the upper Midwest. So, again, this isn't as though either the Parks Department got their hands on some disc golf holes and just randomly started to place them around (laughs) the area. This is a designed course up in Chippewa Falls. Uh, They are still looking for donations, may sell naming rights because they need another $25,000 to get the equipment. Like anything else, they're, they're, they're still needing money to, I think it's going to be built even without the money, but they want to get money so that they can finalize equipment and things of, uh, things of that nature for that. Other than that, going on in the area, just got uh, done with uh, University of Wisconsin-Eau Claire Winter Sports Media Day. That was today. Hard to believe. No, well, it's not hard to believe. Uh, but the winter sports season is now upon us. Of course, you got high school football playoffs going on this weekend. It seems like it is a fait accompli that Regis is at a minimum going to go down to Madison and play for a D7 state championship. But you never know. They got to play the games. And there's other teams that want to take them out. Blue Gold's women's volleyball is very much a national title contender. They could be hosting NCAA tournament games in a couple of weeks. Wouldn't that be a lot of fun? Haven't had a lot of NCAA tournament events in this city in the last 20 years. That would be great to have that uh, in the area. And, of course, again, have a great uh, trick-or-treating. Get out there. Uh, get your kids out there. Get your grandkids out there. Or, at the very least, you know, ha- open your home up and have lots of trick-or-treaters at the door and, and fling candy uh, at them. Uh, take advantage of it because, uh, again, I still think back to last year and how there was nobody out. Nobody. Nobody was out. Nobody was out trick-or-treating and... I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that just people weren't feeling festive. They weren't feeling festive. I think it's different this year. Uh, and I think, you know, maybe a month and a half ago, people were a little bit more pessimistic, not sure of what was going to go on with the Delta variant. And now in the last couple of months, we've understood what the reality is going to be for the next while here, where there's going to be the occasional surge. Hope that, you know, maybe we're not going to get another surge, but I think there's probably going to be another surge. You hope, though, it's not a deadly surge. There's always going to be, in times of lull, talk of the next variant and panic porn that'll be 
given out by the media. Not all the media, but there's always going to be one outlet, then that gets picked up and spread around. So I think people are much more excited. You know, I was just talking to people today about downtown Menominee's got their parade going on in December, and obviously Chippewa Falls is going to have their holiday parade in December. These events are back. They're back. Now, whether you have huge crowds or the crowds are at or even below what they were pre-pandemic, that is, that's inconsequential right now. Uh, they've seen it at venues of all sizes and all events. It's hard to really gauge what attendance is going to be because everybody's coming back at their own speed for any number of reasons. But that doesn't mean the interest level is lower. That's what I think I'm picking up on now. It's not that the interest level is lower. It's that people are rebuilding sometimes their finances. A lot of times they're rebuilding what their schedule is going to be, but it doesn't mean they're not interested. Check out all those shows we talked about earlier on as well at echometownradio.com. On behalf of everyone who made this podcast possible, I'm Scott Montesano saying there's a great big beautiful tomorrow shining at the end of every day. Make sure to take advantage of it. And until next time, so long, everybody.